Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And as always, uh, helping you divide the rage from the reason. And uh, one of the best ways to do that is by the numbers. <laughs> yeah, very pleased to be joined by our good friend Scott Rasmussen, uh, national pollster, uh, pundit, someone that uh, individuals, organizations, politicians, and uh, businesses really look to uh, to really dissect what does it mean, what do the numbers tell us, uh, and then more importantly than just the numbers, it's how do we apply it, what are the principles behind that and uh, Scott, thanks for joining us today. Boy, always a pleasure to chat with you. Wonderful. I want to start. Uh, we've uh, announced this week this uh, new partnership. Great for the state of Utah. Great for the uh, the community. Great for the country. Uh, in this new relationship between you and the Hinckley Institute of Politics and the Deseret News to do monthly polling here in the state of Utah. And uh, you you've seen polling from across the planet. Uh, what is it that makes this interesting to you, uh, teaming up with the Hinckley Institute and the Deseret News? Well, uh, Utah is one of the most interesting places in the nation. And, and I have to say right up front, I'm excited about this, and I love exploring polling from the perspective of what people think rather than trying to divine uh, what the political leaders want us to ask about and then go forward. And what makes Utah so interesting is probably more than anywhere else, there's a sense of civic duty and community problem solving. It always ranks near the top in those areas. And that's something that, uh, you know, I've been writing about and and passionate about for years. Uh, I think that it's very easy to get frustrated about our political system. But if you look at what happens in our communities, it's very easy to be excited about the future of America. Oh, fantastic. And we're excited to have to have you as part of that team and those conversations. We'll have you here regularly on KSL News Radio on Inside Sources, as well as a weekly column from you in the Deseret News. Uh, so we're really looking forward to that insight. So I want to hit just one aspect uh, of this new polling that has come out, uh, and it's the relationship of President Trump uh, in the state of Utah. Uh, and then also an interesting perspective as it relates to Hillary Clinton. There was a Hillary Clinton question in there, and not just because she was here in Utah in Park City for the film festival. <laughs> Tell us about that. Well, uh, you know, there's a, a a lot of commentary, obviously, these days about President Trump. Do people like him? Do people not like him? We asked a whole bunch of matchup questions against some leading contenders. And not surprisingly, we found that President Trump would defeat any of the Democrats that are out there. There are some interesting nuances to that. But we went a little bit deeper and asked, what about what would things be like if Hillary Clinton had won in 2016? Uh, would they be better or worse? And just 24 percent of Utah's voters believe things would be better if Hillary Clinton was in the White House. Fifty-three percent say they would be worse. And uh, what might shock some political junkies, 23 percent 
say it really wouldn't make all that much difference. And uh, again, for those who are wrapped up in politics, that's a hard perspective to comprehend. Uh, it, it is. It's a really interesting thing. And uh, as you look at those matchups uh, with the various uh, Democrats uh, that are currently uh, vying for that nomination on, on the Democratic side, uh, I did think it was interesting that while President Trump did win in each of those, there were only two of those scenarios where he actually got to 50 percent uh, of the electorate. And of course, he didn't get over 50 uh, in 2016 either. Uh, anything interesting you you find in those numbers? Um, yeah, again, as you point out, the president gets 45 to 50 percent support, depending on who the Democrats are. He actually gets his lowest support against Mike Bloomberg, the uh, big spending former mayor of uh, of New York. But when I when I look at the data overall, uh, what's really shocking is uh, political people don't recognize how much the choice, how much people might change their mind. Forty uh, percent of the voters in Utah say they would vote for President Trump no matter who the Democrat is. Fifteen percent say they would vote against him no matter who the Democrat is. And by the way, there's seven percent who no matter who the Democrat is, they're not going to vote for either of them. But what that means is nearly four out of ten voters in Utah, 38 percent of voters in Utah say, I could change my mind depending on who the Democrats nominate. Uh, Now, in terms of the overall results, Utah's electoral votes aren't going to be in play unless it's a really massive route. Uh, it's not something that's going to have an impact here directly. But it does give us a sense that uh, there are different coalitions out there, and people who support Bernie Sanders might not support Mike Bloomberg. And that kind of trade-off will be interesting to watch all across the nation. Yeah. If you're just joining us, we've got uh, Scott Rasmussen on the line with us talking about a recent poll, uh, Deseret News Hinckley Institute, Scott Rasmussen poll. And uh, I wanted to uh, just a, a quick breakdown. You've uh, we're we're a week away from uh, from Iowa, and a lot of people are wringing their hands about what that means and how many. Uh, it used to always be, you know, how many tickets are there out of Iowa? Uh, I happen to think everybody gets a ticket out of Iowa, so because we're only looking at uh, at forty one delegates, and they're pretty low numbers until you get to Super Tuesday, which Utah is a part of this year. The um... The delegates selected next Tuesday in Iowa are significant because they're the first time voters have a say in the process rather than pundits and political activists. So I I consider that significant. Uh, But all of them combined won't equal 1% of the total number of delegates going to the Democratic Convention this year. Uh, Something else that's maybe going to shake the race up a little bit, it used to be Iowa was the first place votes were cast and then momentum built going into New Hampshire. Uh, As you point out, a lot of people will have tickets out of this, and one reason is because the voting has already begun. People have been voting in Minnesota for a couple of weeks. On the day of the Iowa caucus, California voting begins. Uh, So we're going to have a situation that Super Tuesday voting is not waiting until these early races go on. Uh, Any contender who is in the race right now has a chance to pick up votes on Super Tuesday. Yeah, fascinating. Uh, Again, if you're just joining us, we have Scott Rasmussen on the line. Scott, we've got just a couple of minutes left, and I I wanted to shift gears away from polling for a minute uh, to some some real application pieces. Uh, You wrote a piece today called uh, The Truth About Special Interest Politics uh, in America. You've been uh, on this wonderful pursuit this year reading the Federalist Papers. Uh, Tell us what you learned this week. 
You know, the Americans obviously are disgusted with politics. They hate special interest groups. They hate partisan politics. And uh, sometimes they believe that it would just be so much better if it would just all go away and if we would all just look out for the common good. And uh, the founders, uh, Alexander Hamilton, James Madison, and others, yeah, they had that same wish, but they knew it wasn't. It couldn't possibly happen. Uh, Madison and Federalist Ten wrote the only. Way, there's only two ways to get rid of special interest groups. One is to take away everybody's liberty, so nobody has any interest. Obviously, that's no good. The second way is to give everybody the exact same interests and passions and be equal in every way. Uh, that's a Stepford Wives reality. That's not uh, a free nation. Uh, so what he talked about was how do you control special interest groups? How do you deal with it to, so they don't destroy the nation? And uh, what he said is you're better off with a bigger country because there will be a lot more special interest groups. Uh, and, and his logic, it's a little counterintuitive. Most people think if special interest groups are a problem, you don't want more of them. But he said the more there are, the less likely it is there will be a permanent alignment between them to, uh, to form a majority. Uh, example I gave is this Sunday's uh, Super Bowl. A lot of people, most people, are rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm in that group. Uh, but it's a very limited engagement. Uh, as soon as the game is over and the celebrations are done, I'm going to go back to rooting for the New York Giants. And this is the way it is. When the choice comes down to two people, when the choice comes down to selecting a majority for any period of time, uh, people make that choice. But they have far, far greater levels of interest uh, in our political system. We will make a choice between a Republican and a Democratic presidential nominee this year. But it's not a permanent majority, and the significance of that is if there's a permanent majority, it, they can impose the tyranny of the majority, and that's something we all want to avoid. Yeah, fantastic. Good. It's a great article on Deseret.com. You can check that out today. Scott Rasmussen, more polling information coming out as the week rolls on. Uh, Scott, as always, appreciate your insight. Uh, look forward to what's coming next. Thanks, Boyd. Have a great day. All right. Again, that's Scott Rasmussen, part of a, a new uh, team here in the state of Utah. He's uh, combined with the Deseret News and Hinkley Institute of Politics, monthly polling, all kinds of great analysis. Uh, stick around for more. All right. We're going to go ahead and step aside. When we come back, final segment today, we're going to talk about what happens when you are so mentally out of breath that you have no energy left to imagine the future. We're seeing that in Washington and other places. Stay with us. We're going to talk about it on KSL News Radio.